What was your attitude like when you arrived here this morning? Were you excited about the possibilities? Were you anxious about what might be different? Did you show up thinking, I'll give it a chance, I'll see how it goes? Maybe you arrived thrilled with the idea of meeting new people. Maybe you arrived terrified at the thought of meeting new people. <laughs> Did you arrive here today knowing in your head that this amalgamation is a good idea, at least on paper, but in your heart, maybe it just isn't feeling right? Did you arrive here today, heart and mind united, looking for ways to participate in the life of this congregation? We're not going to talk about uniting around the church. We're not going to hold up Prairie Presbyterian Church as something great. We are not even going to spend time remembering all the great things about Trinity or about St. Andrews. We'll do that, but we're going to save it for another time when we've had longer to reflect. Today we're focused on God. Because this amalgamation, and, and church at all, doesn't work unless we unite around Jesus. Around his love for us. And our common love for him. This won't work if we are worrying just about all the details of church being right. This won't work if our greatest concern is our own personal experience. This won't work if our concern is whether the bulletin is correct or whether the slideshow is clipped on the, on the sides. It's not going to work if our biggest worry is whether all the finances are lined up perfectly yet, whether the music is good today, or whether you even like the preaching. Those things are actually all important and good, but this won't work if our main preoccupations are with the tangible things of church. And it's very easy to be preoccupied with those things. Believe me, I've been preoccupied with them all week and for many weeks before this. But we need to be preoccupied with Jesus. And that may sound simplistic or idealistic to some of you, and maybe a few of you are now about to tune out the rest of my sermon. But please don't. The Gospel reading today is a great story of people acting how we sometimes act as church. We didn't hear really the very beginning of the story, because it's quite a long one. But prior to what we heard, Jesus gets news that his friend Lazarus is sick. And Jesus does not set out immediately. The text tells us that Jesus tarried. Tarried is the actual, like, that's if you're going to do a literal translation. Which just means that he delays on purpose. It's not like he really had better things to do. He on purpose delayed, doesn't go. The people call for Jesus to come because there is a great need. Lazarus is sick. And church people are great at calling for Jesus when there's a need. We need something, God. We need you to heal someone we love. We need you to take care of this problem for us. You need, we need you to fix it. We don't want you to reorder our lives around you or your kingdom, but, but just take care of our problems. We're great at that. Jesus shows up four days late, and he's greeted by Martha. Lord, 
if he'd been here, I know my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Is she simply stating what she believes, or is she accusing Jesus in some way? If you'd been here. But I know God could still do something. I, I, I don't know for sure what or how, but I know if you ask Jesus, I'm sure something could be done. And Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. And she says, yes, I know he will rise again at the last day with everyone else. Jesus says back to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And she says, yes, Lord, I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. She gets the correct answer to the children's story. <laughs> Martha's a good church person. She's faithful. She's at, she actually does have all of the right beliefs in her head. But she also stands there a little bit later and says, no, don't open the tomb because it's going to smell bad. He's been dead for four days. And in saying that, she's perfectly reasonable. She's realistic. Her beliefs remain untested theory. And we always carry around theoretical beliefs. She has not moved from believing things about God and about Jesus to actually trusting Jesus with the circumstances of her life. And here's part of our point today. <coughs> actually trusting in Jesus for real life, for your actual concerns, including the well-being of the church, for the growth and vibrancy of this congregation, for the details to be worked out, for the finances to work properly, and for the future, all of that is hard. It can be as hard as believing that Jesus can actually call a dead body out of a tomb. What Martha first said was true, and it seems faithful. Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Probably true. And it's easy for us to say things like this to Jesus that, that are probably true. Jesus, if you'd done something earlier, the, the church in Canada wouldn't be in decline. Jesus, if you'd done something earlier, we have St. Andrews growing and vibrant in the southeast of Winnipeg, and we have Trinity growing and vibrant in the southwest of Winnipeg. Jesus, if, if you'd stepped in years ago, you know those people who left our congregation? Well, they, they'd still be here. They wouldn't have left if you'd stepped in, Jesus. Jesus, if, if you've done something, we have an awesome youth group by now. Jesus, if you've done something earlier, so many problems could have been avoided or averted in the church and in the world at large if you'd only done something earlier. Jesus, if you hadn't taken your time, if you'd acted faster, things would be better now. Well, why did Jesus tarry when he heard about Lazarus being sick? As soon as he got news of Lazarus' illness, this is what Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 4. This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And then he goes on and he has a conversation with the disciples. And just before setting up to go and raise Lazarus, he says to them, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. And then when Martha protests the opening of the tomb, Jesus says to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? 
That's what we're about. God's glory. Not our own. Not the church's. None of this is for building up Prairie Presbyterian Church. None of this is for the preservation of the history of two congregations coming into one. All of this is for God's glory alone. Jesus waited. Jesus did nothing on purpose so that at the right time, God's glory could be seen by the people. So that more people could come to believe and that even his own followers could come to a deeper faith. Imagine if God is about to do something more with us than what he's done previously. Imagine that there's a timing to God's activity in our congregation. That can be hard to imagine or believe because we've had years of history, some of it good and some of it not so good. But imagine if there's a timing to what God is doing. And what if the reason Trinity didn't build a building four or five years ago? What if it wasn't just about the money? <coughs> what if that delay, and what if St. Andrew's moving out of the building on St. Mary's and going through ups and downs over the last hundred years? What if all of that was so that when God does decisively act, we will know it is only God and God's glory and it's only God's power and then our faith will deepen and grow beyond the confines of the church for others to see. What if that's what God's doing? What if we do focus on Jesus? What if we become a truly spiritual, Jesus-focused church? What if it all works? What if in four years we look back on the amalgamation, a new building, we look at multiple age groups and ethnicities, maybe even multiple congregations using whatever space we build. We see the beginning of solid community outreach. What if Jesus leads us out beyond ourselves and into loving and serving people outside our congregation in his name? What if it all works? I think if it does, different people will see it differently. To the average person in Winnipeg, who happens to drive past this building in the future, they will know nothing of the history, and they'll just one day see this thing being built. And they'll most likely think nothing. Some of them might think, oh, a new church is being built. And that's it. To people in the Presbyterian Church in Canada who are in leadership, like other ministers, and uh, people in other presbyteries, they'll hear about this and they'll want to know how we did it. They will ask, what process did you use? What resources? What tools? And our best answer, likely to their frustration, will be prayer. And they'll say, will we, will we pray? You know? But that's our tool. That's for people on the outside. And we've been outsiders to seeing those things. Where we see an evangelical church going up and we think, wow, we built that church. And I promise you, there is a backstory. There's years and years of prayer and work. Most of us have been outsiders to see a church being built up down the street. 
But for us insiders, what will it look like? It'll look like Lazarus coming out of the tomb at the command of Jesus. And we will be like the onlookers who Jesus asks to go and unwrap the grave clothes. We'll go from onlookers to participants, yet still amazed and bewildered at the glory of God. For us, it will look like tears of frustration of things not being quite how we hoped, turning into tears of joy at what God has done and how utterly surprising and wonderful it is. Some of us, though, may not make it through the days where it seems like Jesus is tarrying. And we know people who haven't made it this far. Some have died, some have moved away, but many simply gave up on the idea of Trinity or St. Andrews. But 93% of you voted to take a huge step of faith amalgamating two congregations into one. And now you get the privilege and joy to see what Jesus will do in and through his church. This morning we have a new ray of light. It's like we've just got news that Jesus is on his way. And we aren't 100% sure of what he's going to do when he gets here. But I hope we know what we must do. Listen to and trust in him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen.